You're listening to the Elephant in the Room podcast, powered by One Light Ahead. This is your place to join other leaders and high-achieving professionals who are serious about owning their leadership. Each week, we share strategies, interviews, and advice so you can be purposeful about your mindset and discover exactly what it means to live and lead unlayered. Welcome, everyone. It's another episode of Addressing the Elephant in the Room. I get to be the founder of One Light Ahead, as well as the podcast host and founder of Addressing the Elephant in the Room, has all kinds of story to that. We are so glad that you are joining us. And as always, we are all about helping leaders and inspiring leaders to own their leadership, truly walk their talk, and truly love what they do and how they do it. And just like all the leaders we get to sit on the hot seat, we have a returning guest today. Because this guest is just a force to be reckoned with. Mr. Ron Toy with Cross Country, Ron Toy Lending Team, right? Uh, the Ron Toy Team at Cross Country Mortgage. See, you know, I was going to do something there, huh, Ron? Oh, yeah, this is <laughs> perfect. Was flow. <laughs> it was perfect flow. Uh, Ron yeah. is just an amazing force to be reckoned with because uh, he is on fire of serving his clients. He's on fire of being purposeful in his leadership and as well as constantly growing and learning. And he always has an amazing subject. And is there anything you want to share first before we dive in, Ron? No, really. I think, you know, kind of thinking about this podcast and your theme, it's a time for celebration. There's a lot of personal wins and professional wins that I think help tie into what you wanted to discuss today. So you know, I'm just happy to share with people listening and tuning in and go from there. Well, and Ron, uh, you know, the fun part about it is that if there's a brand new listener and they've not heard you speak before, the, yes. the, the gift of being in the hot seat is you get to actually pick the elephant. I just yep. get to give you a theme. So yep. our particular season is this particular theme is about assessing and clarifying our evidence. And so as you are going to talk about, you have all kinds of evidence, but you're choosing the elephant first. And what's your yeah. elephant today? Confirmation bias. That is a big elephant. And yep. so many people do not understand the depth of this very big elephant. So Ron, help each of our audience listening. How does this show up? Sure. So, you know, we as people have a natural instinct to find the path of least resistance. And we don't most of us have a problem when we start to feel um, things shaking our paradigm. So while we're looking at evidence, sometimes people, let's say if they have a question about interest rates because in mortgage or the housing market, they might have a preconceived notion that the housing market's bad because they've heard stuff on the TV. So when they go to search, they're looking for confirmation uh, about their position, which is confirmation bias. So they're looking for what they want to build their own position and opinion versus to be educated and not just get confirmation for what they already assume they know. So that is why I wanted to pick it because while there is ways in, and it's very important to get evidence, it's also important to make sure you're getting a well-rounded approach to anything you're um, going after and not just seeking out the information to confirm an opinion you've already formed about a certain topic. You know, Ron, there's so many pieces there because we all have filter systems that we make decisions by, right? Yep. And so when you utilize the terminology confirmation bias, mm -hmm. and I get to teach this in so many different ways, we all bring our own filters to our bias, right? right. 
Yes. So, and that's played out in many ways, good and bad for your life, right? Yep. And yeah. so, uh, stayed in the, the uh, mortgage arena for just a minute, just to keep it light, if you will. <laughs> and yet yeah. it's kind of bit heavy, right? Because yes. there's a, the mortgage industry changed overnight, right? Yep. Yeah. For the last six months, it's been a crazy whirlwind of rate adjustments and everything else. So yeah. It, it's been an immense amount of education on your part and all and you, everyone in your industry, right? Right. Yes. Because there's a huge amount of unknowns too, yep. right? Yeah. And there's certain things that are known, but they don't always get clicks on social media or engagement on a news segment. And so they want a hot take. They want to come out first instead of being worried about being accurate. They want to be fast. And so what that kind of leads into the confirmation bias, because we want to trust CNN our business or this one or that one. And when they say the housing market is about to be a, a crash like 2007 and eight, but they're not presenting the right data to show you the differences between 2007 and eight and the situation now, especially the inventory. Back then, we had an abundance of home and false demand. Now we have a lack of homes and actual demand because of regulation changes. So hot take is housing market is, is slowing down. We're about to see a bubble. And then you actually start to dive into it and you see the inventory is a record low. There's exponential demand and reason why it, we're seeing record appreciation is because of that. So, but every time this time of the year, housing market slows a little bit because kids are back in school, but they don't want to tell you that on their hot take because that doesn't help sell clicks or advertisement dollars. They just want you to start looking and going down the spiral of doom and gloom instead of looking at things without the emotional engagement um, that they're trying to invoke from you. Well, and it creates their own confirmation bias to create the... Uh urgency to the story that each person's giving right and so i mean you mentioned a multitude of stories including regulations and all the different uh pieces that you've been in the industry long enough to know there are things that everyone in the industry needs to pay attention to right absolutely and and i love the keyword accuracy what is really accurate right because confirmation bias does not mean there's accuracy there right exactly so Dig in a little deeper because you are always open to being as transparent and comfortable as you want to be. So which one do you want to celebrate and or address first? So we've kind of touched on a hinted on a little bit of like in the mortgage sphere, what we're seeing about the importance of actually getting good, solid evidence. But then on a personal sphere where we talked about celebrate celebration, you know, Previously, we talked about that me and my uh, partner were in a lawsuit. We were four, one, uh, two of four defendants that were sued for a multitude of, they, the person accused us of defamation, tortious interference, all these things, because my fiance spoke up about her account of harassment she experienced from him. And so did a bunch of other women. We won the lawsuit. The guy ended up owing like $250,000 and he appealed, which he gets a right to appeal. It's in Texas. Um, and then we appealed the fees because the judge um, reduced our fees that we won, me and Monica. Well, uh, Monica's movie just came out, red carpet premiere. It premiered uh, in the U.S. Uh, on Thursday, and it was also her character. She plays Bulma in the show called Dragon Ball. It was that character's birthday in the universe. So on the day of her birthday, the day it premieres in the U.S., we get the results from the appeal that he had lost his appeal and we won our counter appeal to get our fees brought back. And 
how that ties into confirmation bias is we, through this whole time, we experienced the most insane amount of harassment I've ever seen. I did not know the internet was that dark and people driving by our house, death threats, mailing us stuff. It was insane. And people were frustrated because they liked this guy and his voices that he did for cartoons. And so they wanted to believe their preconceived notion of who this person was and ignoring the 17 plus affidavits that were submitted under the penalty of perjury on our side, testifying about the guy's behavior. And we submitted all tons and tons of evidence. And that's what was even pointed out by the court of uh, appeal and in the court itself is these people had all of this stuff. It was cited and this person didn't have any evidence and it's in the, the documentation. And so unfortunately his fans were going to this one source for their information, which was this crazy YouTuber in uh, Minnesota. And this guy was getting paid for the engagement. He was getting super chats and clicks. And so of course he wanted it to be controversial. He wanted it to be hard and drama. So it would keep people engaged in that fight or flight going. So they feel like they have to choose a side. And then it's Red Sox, Yankees, you know, Cowboys versus, you know, who, the Giants or whatever. And so where it should not have been, it should be step back. Let me evaluate the entire thing. Let me first identify if I have something that might be causing me not to be able to look at this information, right? And then approach it. And that's where they unfortunately messed up and not doing those things. And now they're having to come back. And a lot of them have apologized for the way they acted over the last three years, which I think is huge because it takes a lot to own your mistakes. Mm -hmm. But there's still a couple of people that just don't want to believe that what we said was true. And, you know, they're stuck in that confirmation bias loop. And it is a loop, right? And it, it, what a beautiful way and challenging way, because your your whole community, uh, mm -hmm. and Monica is a powerful presence in her community. Yes. And so it, was, it, it, it is a beautiful celebration that she had such a big win. Her yep. movie made such a huge splash. Yep. And yet to also have a birthday present for her character. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that three years of that confirmation bias was finally created to be what was really accurate. And that right. Was, right. Yeah. Because a lot of the the guys' fans were like, wait till the appeal comes through. First, it was, let's see what the court decides. Then we'll believe which side was right. Then we won everything in, in court. They're like, well, let's wait for the appeal because obviously the judge messed up. And then three court, the, the court of Texas uh, the, did an opinion. They wrote a 70 page opinion on this. So now forever, when anybody has a, a case in Texas for defamation, they're going to need to cite our lawsuit to help strengthen their side. And that was something that was big for the survivors of his uh, harassment and assaults was that they felt at certain times like, man, I wish I could have spoke up sooner. Well, now they're speaking up forever and for any other future victim of a frivolous lawsuit where they can cite their evidence, cite our our lawsuit and help strengthen their case. So while those survivors might feel bad, they didn't speak up sooner. Now, like I said earlier, they're speaking up forever because it's forever going to be in the state of Texas um, law history. Ron, and that has to be so much accurate assessing of evidence yeah. because so many people don't realize that one voice can make a difference yes and one voice that especially aligns with and confirms with 
it's the first voice and then it's the next voice and then it's the next voice yeah. and it causes a domino of accurate evidence right yeah. and yet well more often than not which is why we're talking about this big old elephant Yes. More often than not, people will decide to create their own evidence because of their confirmation bias, right? Yeah. Yep. And so to dig in, uh, one more aspect before you know we talk about the, how we do deal with the bite out of this elephant, right? Yeah. Is uh, just like that, so both those situations, and we're going pretty deep in this one, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it took three years for yep. that journey. And it takes a whole lot of commitment and ownership and willingness for all those voices and yeah. to understand that they're up against that, as you said, the darkness that is out there, right? Yes. So, Ron, how did you watch knowing that, that people are up against that? How did it come up in conversations? How did you all work through that? Yeah. And honestly, it was really, uh, at first, it was kind of scary and we kind of stayed with our small circle, our close friends, our attorneys, because we were getting bombarded with stuff on Twitter and YouTube and and all kind of craziness. They were going everywhere. Um, and we didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how Twitter really worked back then. And so we stayed small, but then a bunch of lawyers from all across the country and the world, over a hundred lawyers started commenting on this lawsuit because of how bad it was for this uh the plaintiff filed such a frivolous lawsuit. They all said from the beginning, three years ago, this is going to lose, you know, the defendants a ton of money. And so watching them come in and start trying to educate people was such an amazing experience. They didn't know us. They just saw this litigation and was like, wait, this is a slap lawsuit. We need to help. And they started educating the people that were trying to bring up information and, and just helping and educating people. So it was a gradual, we kind of took care of ourselves stayed strong and then started branching out and, and speaking with more, uh, uh, you know, people online and being just open. Cause at first you're afraid, but like, no, we're just going to live our lives and be open, honest and transparent and whatever happens happens. And so that was really how we dealt with it was make sure we were good first, kind of like, you know, put the mask on yourself first. We were good first. And then we started venturing out and getting more and more information and, and, for developing conversations with lawyers and friends around and networking with other people that have been hurt and in and in this entire sphere of uh, like a, it's me like the me too movement there's a lot of people out there who have these situations that get harassed into silence and so we help build them up so focus on us then building sphere and then you know helping others is ultimately where we ended up well and Rhonda to bring it all back where we started, this mm -hmm. whole situation actually gave you some confirmation bias, just deciding to get back out on social media and to understand the voice you had and the ability yes. to have an impact. And tell, tell us a little bit yeah. about that journey. So how that was causing me to have, in essence, some levels of negative confirmation bias is I'd see some people harassing me online and be like, man, I don't really want to post videos or pictures of my clients and helpful tips and tricks or do podcasts like this because I was worried that they would glomp on and harass anybody I interacted with because they're just hurt and sad. But And so I personally allowed that and seeing them harassing or and, and made this monster bigger in my mind. And finally, I was just like, screw that. I'll, 
like, I'm not going to let them keep me back from doing what I feel I'm called to do and add value to people just because somebody's going to get on there and, you know, say some crap. And it's like the people that I'm talking with, they know me, they can look it up for themselves and understand that all of this happened. All the drama that they're going to try to say is because a dude spoke up and defended his partner against people harassing her. Cause she talked about how an, a guy harassed her and has sexually harassed other women across the industry. And they spoke up. And so they're mad because a guy is holding another guy accountable. It's insane. It, and yet, so Ron, as we move into the final concept of how we take a bite out of it, mm-hmm. it is it was a choice that had to happen, but what had to happen for you? And you said, I, I knew I had created a negative bias because I was in the right to hold somebody accountable. I was supporting people I love and care about yes. to be also willing to hold somebody accountable, right? Yes. So what had to happen for you to work through your own confirmation bias? So in essence, is just where I always go back to almost any topic is understanding myself and seeing when I'm having an emotional reaction versus something that is rooted in facts and evidence and things like that. I'm assuming stuff like there, anybody I do a podcast with might get negative press and maybe that would make them not want to have me on again. And all of these hypotheticals that aren't based in evidence or facts. And so it was coming back, getting in touch with myself, acknowledging when I was having an emotional reaction versus a logical face, uh, you know, facts-based decision. And so that really was the key is stepping back and disengaging from the emotional side of the situation and re-engaging that logic side and processes side and and evidence-based side of things. And it goes back to the theme of assessing and clarifying, do I have accurate evidence? Yep. And when you discovered that the accurate evidence, the accurate evidence gave you the ability to have freedom. Yes. Move on. Yep. Ron, you are always a beautiful guest to have with us. And we do love uh, sharing your podcast. And uh, we also want to invite people listening. How do they get a hold of you? So the best way really is to visit my website. It's therontoyteam.com. And they can schedule an appointment to meet with me, speak with me on the phone or schedule a Zoom. I have a link there uh, on my website and, you know, it has my email address. Everything about how to reach me is right there on my email, on my website. And you will, anyone listening, you will never have to worry about Ron telling you what he really thinks. We yeah. love that. He is candid. He's too, he, the gift of, uh, well, we enjoy about each other. We all, we, we, we so appreciate our, this is what do we need to get done and how do we get it done today? Right. Yes. <laughs> And let's get people where we want them to go. And so any anywhere in the Texas marketplace, correct? Yep. And yes, if anyone's run into any of the situations that you and Monica went through, you're open yes. to having a conversation too. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. You're on fire to be an advocate for that. So yep. to our listeners, thank you again for listening. As always, we take on some tough subjects and a bias like this to have a confirmation and not accurately assess the evidence is not the way we want to build up and grow our community. So thank you for helping people discover the opportunity to hear that. We love your thoughts. We love your feedback, share, and have a wonderful time. Thank you for joining us. Bye. You've been listening to the Elephant in the Room podcast from One Light Ahead. For more content and resources, visit onelightahead.com.